getting more women to realize their worth. And that is kind of, uh, yeah, I would say very sort of woven into the work that I do through WIN, through Women in Negotiation, right, my, my business, is showing women um, that stepping up, you know, raising their hand, saying, pick me, I am ready, right? And also, I deserve to be paid more, that that is not just in their interest, it's also in the company's interest. Right. And not just for the, 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 the general financial numbers of more women in higher positions lead to better you know, business results. Right. The, the research is pretty clear on that, but also in that very practical way that I describe in my TED talk, which is about the, um, the cost, basically, of, uh, you know, of employee turnover and how they can help that. But one aspect that doesn't get really um, uh, or that, 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 that we miss out on there is what I see when um, I work with my clients, what they're able to deliver on once they are in that better position, once they feel more valued as in part expressed in that salary, right? What they're able or the level at which they're able to do their work. There is a there is an enthusiasm and an inspiration and a dedication and motivation that is unleashed when they feel that they can, you know, deliver at that higher plane, that is unbelievable. Hey, I'm Julia Lopez, communication architect, international speaker, author of Leading in High Heels, and your host. Welcome to Brave, Bold, and Brilliant Podcast. Together with my guests, I will share with you inspiring stories where being brave and bold were the trigger to becoming brilliant. For the past decade, I've been helping professionals to express themselves with clarity and confidence in any stage and arena of their lives. Communication is key to success, and stories have the potential to transform lives and move people into action. There is someone, somewhere, who needs to hear exactly what you have to say. Be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically. Vs, dear Vs, it's such a pleasure to have you here. It's and such a pleasure to be here. Yes, we, we belong to the same community, Lean In community, Leaning Switzerland, I know you were leading that community. I'm leading, leading high heels within Leaning. Yeah. And I had opportunity to see you speaking. I had opportunity to talk to you in different uh, groups. And I know your topic, your win, woman in negotiation. Mm -hmm. It's such an important topic because we women have a lot to learn on that respect and of course you are the expert you know more and I want you to please share with us stories and especially when you or some of your clients had to do brave and bold actions in order to brilliantly achieve what they want Oh, Back I'm to so you. Excited. I'm so excited, Julia. I really am very excited about this conversation. And thank you very much for the invite and for the platform, I guess, for me to talk about the thing that is ultimately driving uh, my entire life by now, uh, right? Which is getting 
women to speak up and speak out and to be, I guess, brave and courageous, um, right, in fulfilling their, yeah, the, the work that they're meant to be doing in this world, right? And so, um, yeah, I'd love, I can't wait. I can't wait to, uh, to share, uh, there, <laughs> there is a ton. You were asking or you were saying, you know, share the stories of your clients. There's way no, too many. Share your There's stories. way too many, right? So yeah. I, I'd love to, uh, tell me, tell me what would you like to hear about? Well, no, I, I, in case you want to share something from your client, yes, but of course we want to know about your stories. I saw you in this, uh, I think it was TED, TEDx Women. Yeah. Which, interesting enough, the, the topic was uh, bold, brave yeah, and bold. Bold and brilliant or something like something that. Something like that. I have a and I loved uh, your talk and I, I will Thank put you. the link because I think everybody should watch your talk there. Wonderful. And you were really hitting the key of all the corporate leaders there on the topic that... Yeah. If you don't have, no, was about the benefits of having women force in their companies. Yeah. So I leave with you, share with us something important in that level and in the aspect of negotiation, what we women need to learn when we want to land into the job we want with the money we want. Oh, there is so much to share there. So let me let me see if we can kind of dig into this in a, in a slightly ordered way. The first thing I was thinking about when you're asking about, you know, being brave um, was actually the, the 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 source of my talk. So my, my TEDx talk was um, basically making the business case for women to ask for a salary raise, not just for the women. Right. Because I think that's pretty, you know, pretty easy one. Right. You'll make more money. You'll have more fun in your job. What's not to love about that? Um, usually I don't get a lot of pushback on that. But my slightly controversial stance is actually that um, businesses are much better off financially if they proactively discuss the salary and potentially increase uh, the salary of their uh, female workforce, even when those women don't ask for it. Right. And the result uh, or the, the reason for doing this talk was actually a, um, a chat that I had uh, a couple of months prior last summer uh, with a gentleman who is the CEO of a very large uh, bank financial institute uh, in my native Netherlands. And it was after he, he, did, um, he did this really inspired speech. Um, about the importance and it's so you know the, for principle the moral reasons right we should have more women in the workforce and we should have them at higher positions and he was talking really about how that's the right thing to do and I went up to him afterwards which I guess you could describe as a as a slightly bold move right um, because the dude was chilling you know in a corner surrounded by lots of people and I decided that I uh, I, I just had an inkling that I should have a little chat with him so I went up to him and I I said to him, you know, I really appreciated your speech. Uh, and here's the thing, right? You're only talking about the principled reasons why women should be speaking up uh, or why they uh, should be higher up in, in organizations across the board. Have you ever thought about the financial and sort of business reasons, right? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, <laughs> you run a large financial institute, right? You, it makes sense for you to kind of figure or talk about this or think about this. And basically, in 10 minutes, I ran him through that business case, right? Why it's good for, financially speaking, for a company 
to um, to promote their women and to pay them incredibly well, even when they don't ask for it. And he literally said to me then, whoa, I've never thought about it this way. You've really opened my eyes. And um, I've never, yeah, I've never thought about it this way. And I remember sitting in the train afterwards and just thinking to myself, if the CEO of one of the largest financial institutes in the world has not considered the business reason, right, why women um, should be promoted in their organization, should do well in their organizations, right, then oh, there's so much work to do, right, which was the reason why I ended up doing the TEDx talk about that, because I thought there, there's a lot to win there. Yeah, I guess that was a moment of bravery, um, both on my part in talking to him, but also his, I guess, uh, sort of bravery in admitting that he had no idea <laughs> about this. And that together, yeah. actually, there was a, there was, it was a very, really good exchange that we had and uh, with, a, with a powerful outcome, both in his organization and uh, obviously in me seeing the world through his eyes and realizing that there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And this is, comes to another topic because this is why we need diversity. Because mm. if you don't have diverse ideas, diverse perspectives, you cannot see everything. Nobody can. You yeah. know, and bringing something from a woman's perspective in, in mm -hmm. the way that you brought, yeah. it's okay. like you were surprised, but when you think about it, well, he never, probably he's never, not even surrounded about a considerable, uh, considerable amount of women, number of women that can show something yeah. Uh, yeah. on that level to him, to their dailies. Yeah. So this is, uh, uh, again, about the numbers. We need more women yeah. everywhere in numbers. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, and this is such an, I mean, this point is so close to my heart, right? That was the work that I used to do as the, as the president of uh, Lean in Switzerland uh, that I really focused on is, is getting more women to realize their worth. And that is kind of, uh, yeah, I would say very sort of woven into the work that I do through WIN, through Women in Negotiation, right? My, my business is showing women um, that stepping up, you know, raising your hand, saying, pick me, I am ready, right? And also I deserve to be paid more, that that is not just in their interest. It's also in the company's interest, right? And not just for the, 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 the general financial numbers of more women in higher positions lead to better, you know, business results, right? The, the research is pretty clear on that, but also in that very practical way that I describe in my TED talk, which is about the, um, the cost basically of, uh, you know, of employee turnover and how they can help that. But one aspect that doesn't get really, um, uh, or that, that, that we miss out on there is what I see when, um, I work with my clients, what they're able to deliver on once they are in that better position, once they feel more valued as in part expressed in that salary, right? what they're able or the level at which they're able to do their work. There is a, there is an enthusiasm and an inspiration and a dedication and motivation that is unleashed when they feel that they can, you know, deliver at that higher line. That is unbelievable. And that is something that I get very excited about. I mean, people ask me, oh, you, you seem to care a lot about numbers, right? And money. I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm a freaking hippie, right? <laughs> they don't care. What I care about is getting women to level up because not just because it's good for them, right? Because it's, it's way more fun, really loving every day, the work that you're doing, 
but it's also really good for the company because when you're stepping up to that level, I mean, your potential gets unleashed. It's it's amazing. And I think this is something that a lot of women underestimate is the, the responsibility that they have to be courageous, to be bold, to speak up and say, I am ready because nobody comes to them and asks them kindly. That's not how the business world works. The question whether that's how the business world should work or not, right? It's a, it's a different one and it's a, it's an interesting conversation. I think regardless of the outcome there, that isn't how it does work, right? Currently, you the squeaky wheel gets the grease, meaning that the person who raises their hand and asks for attention, quote unquote, right, is the one that actually gets the attention. So if anybody listening now, woman or men, actually, that is just what I call, you know, a busy bee, a person who sits behind their laptop and just, you know, keeps plugging away and doing really great work and fantastic work, but never speaks up about it, never bravely, courageously says, hey, I'm doing fantastic work here, right? Never does that. That isn't, you know, just that doesn't just suck for them, right? Because it's no fun not getting any recognition. It is not good for the world because how the heck is the world supposed to know what you're capable of if you're not talking about it, if you're not speaking up bravely, courageously, right? So part, the the way that I see my role in my work with my clients is to inspire them and to show them you owe it, not just to yourself, but to the rest of the world to share your magic, to share what you're great at. Because if you don't do it, nobody's going to know and nobody's going to be able to leverage that, right? So yeah, speak up. <laughs> Uh, while you're talking, I was just thinking about, uh, reminded me of an event that, uh, which I spoke in Zurich a few years ago, mm-hmm. under women in finance. Yeah. And the CEO from the US came and on mm-hmm. her speech, she said exactly what are you saying there with yeah. different words. But mm-hmm. she said, women, please, there's so many opportunities within our, our uh, corporations where you can use this stage to have a voice to express your ways of doing things, to let mm-hmm. us know how you think. But yeah. all the guys run, they run and they get it. And why do they do that? Because they know it's important. Because they know it. Well, there's lots of reasons. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is one. <laughs> But that is one. And it's the most important one, of course, right? They know it's important. Also, it's more acceptable for them, right? So the world appreciates it more or even uh, allows it more for men than than they do from women so it is no wonder I always say you know to women uh, please don't feel bad or guilty for you not having done it in the past because your entire past has set you up to not ask to not speak up right so no wonder you're you're you feel held back because the the world around you society tells you not to do that and you have all these internal barriers through the way that you've been raised, right, to to not do that same thing. So no wonder you're not doing it. Please don't feel bad and please change it if you want yourself to benefit from it, but also other people to benefit from it, right? And I'm doing, between you and I, the reason that I'm doing that, of course, is to to kind of link up with another important thing for women, you know, precisely because of the way we've been raised, which is to think about others first, right? Don't speak up for yourself, speak up for others. Right. Because I'm trying to get them to make it really attractive. Right. To speak up. And one example I'm just now thinking about of 
the importance, right, to be confident and to speak up bravely about yourself and the work that you do is something that is outside of my work. It happened um, a couple of months ago when uh, with my <laughs> uh, interesting anyway, with my sort of financial advisor. Right. So I was moving or we wanted to move at the time from Switzerland, where I was based, where we met. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to Holland. So I've, I've moved back this summer. Right. To Holland. And we wanted to buy a house here in this country, in, in the Netherlands. And it was impossible. It was absolutely impossible, right? With with my business not being having been established long enough, with you know foreign income and you know banks were basically just closing door on me left, right, and center. I, if at last count, I think I, I spoke to more than twenty uh, mortgage brokers people, right? And they all said, "Sorry, no, can't do," which was really disheartening. And then one day, I spoke to this magical woman. Basically, she was introduced to me like. If anybody can do it, it's her, right? You really want to make sh- you re- you want to speak to her. So I I actually called her up, and so I told her the story, all the details, right, our background, which had basically been a reason for the other twenty plus people, mostly boys, uh, by the way, to say no to us, right? And so I'm speaking to her, explaining this. She goes quiet for you know five seconds and goes, "Yeah, I can do this for you. I can get you a mortgage." And I was like dumbstruck i was i was literally i was like yeah but what like hmm? so i told her I was like i need yeah i was like amazing like but but i don't really trust it because i've had all these other people say no and that, why are you saying yes and i'm so confused and i was really i was lit, i was just like so you know confused and she said to me i'll never forget this i get goosebumps she said peace i know you couldn't get a mortgage in the past but that's before you met me. And I was like, okay, that's it. The importance here is that she was so confident, right? In that moment, she was so confident. And as you know, expressed in those words, that was before you met me. You couldn't get one. But you hadn't met me before, right? That's what she was saying. I mean, talk about confident. Huh? Talk about like hardcore. And my entire heart rate went down the minute, the, 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 the moment she said, that was before you met me. I've got you. That was what she was saying, right? I've got you. And I just went, oh, okay. I can relax now. And she did. She got us a mortgage, right? Amazing. Amazing. Also- I mean, this is the house that I'm now in, right? It's all 100% thanks to her that we were able to purchase that is because in that moment, in that conversation, she said, I can do this for you, that she was utterly confident. I have told my clients this story. This lady is now famous in my client group because the confidence that she, you know, exhibited in that sentence, that one sentence, that's before you met me, you couldn't do it. Now you can, right? Because I'm, I can do this for you. I said that was serving me. That was serving me as her potential client because it allowed me to, relax it allowed me to trust her and it literally changed my family's future i will forever be indebted to this lady but that example of her taking over confidence right bravely saying she didn't say i'll see what i can do maybe i can get if she had said anything less than so confidently you know expressing i can do this for you we wouldn't be living here i guarantee you because i would have been like 
yeah, well, then I'm going to have to wait and then we're going to have to see. And yeah, let me just rent a freaking house here. Right. Like I've given up basically. But because she was so extremely confident, that's the reason I decided to bet on her. Right. And, and it's worked out brilliantly. And that level of confidence, that's again, something that I uh, try to transmit right to my, to my clients a lot is that that level of confidence, you stepping up and saying, I've got your back. I can do this. Right. Is often, you're not doing that for yourself. You're doing that for the other person so that they can relax. Absolutely. But there's one thing also that I want to mention behind for her to get for her. I don't know her, but for mm -hmm. her to get to that level yeah. is a process. Sure. It is a process. And also, mm -hmm. I believe that the confidence that she can say to you, I got your back. I can mm -hmm. do that for you. is because she knows she has been around as a woman. Mm -hmm. And she had probably to knock many doors and be thrown uh, back. Uh, and But now she knows the way to break the system mm -hmm. to get what she wants as a woman as well. So this is why we For need sure. more women. Yes, we need more women like that. And I, you're, you have a very good point, Tulia. It, it, it was built on, you know, uh, years and years, right, in the industry, um, and, and building, getting these results. And I'll tell you, the number of women I work with that are very senior in their careers, that have amazing backgrounds, that come to me to work on leveraging that amazing work, you know, for themselves, for once, you wouldn't believe the number, right? Like these women that are talking to me and, they, you know, I always ask them, I'm very selective in who I work with, right? So I, I talk them through or I have one of my coaches talk them through their entire careers and they'll just tell me all of these amazing you know results that they have gotten all these amazing things they have achieved right and they'll be like oh but no big deal right and they'll downplay it themselves and it's like just it's hard work getting them to see that the things that they think of as no big deal are actually amazing results that they should be talking about to more people so that more people know that they can use this brilliant woman in my case to broker a mortgage right and in other cases to do whatever their specific you know square centimeter of wisdom is about right um that they can that they can use these women right but just i am perpetually uh, surprised about women at all levels in their career but including very very senior right that are still struggling with that aspect they do amazing work They don't think of it as anything special and they're definitely not going to talk about it. Basically. Exactly. And this is one thing I say to my clients as well that on that. If you cannot say anything, just say thank you. you don't need oh, to yeah. say when they receive compliments. Yeah, that is the first step. When someone say if you're doing great, don't explain that this was nothing that, oh, you just, no, no, no. Stop there and say, smile. Thank you. Thank you. And then you figure out later how to solve this limiting belief that you have there. But we mm -hmm. all, I, I, if I look back my life like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. I could see myself doing this as well because yeah. I thought it was just I had to do it. And when we are, this, have this kind of behavior as I am, I'm a doer, I do things, I, I go for it. And you just feel you have to do it. It's part of the process. But you never stop to recognize what you have done. 
Yeah. What was for the, the difference for you then, Tulia? How did you move from being that person that just did, right, without thinking of that as anything special, without, you know, recognizing that or, or making a big deal out of it, to now somebody who teaches other women, right, to step into that space and to really own that? Can you? I understood that mm-hmm. when I started working my communication skills 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even if I've been an extrovert, I love talking, but doesn't really mean that I was communicating effectively. Mm-hmm. And I was in the leadership. I, I've been in really leadership positions and I'm good with people. I know how to lead, but everything was pretty much uh, intuitive. Of course, I did my diligent work to study and myself, but I was um, self-learning through the process mm-hmm. when I worked for IT companies back in Dublin. Mm-hmm. and was in a moment in, in my time uh, in my life in 2008 when I had that catastrophe with uh, my business I was living in Barcelona the 2008 crisis etc oh. that mm-hmm. I got into the through Toastmasters International that I got into learning how to the first was to speak in public right mm-hmm. and then understanding the preparation of what I wanted to say And then when understanding the preparation uh, and doing it, you have to really sit down and start analyzing exactly what is that I want to say? What is the message that I want to give to the the people out there? Because you feel like I'm going to expose myself. Do I have enough ground to expose myself to that level? Mm-hmm. But once you go through that process and you're bring this, you bring this clarity to yourself, things change. It okay. is a process. And my process started that there. And I am the, what I do now is falls into the, the cliche that your mm-hmm. mess is your message. And mm-hmm. was exactly <laughs> because I understood that I could have achieved much more if I had this this understanding of how to express or when to express and feel confident on saying what I wanted to say without the feeling of being inconvenient or inadequate, not inconvenient, mm-hmm. inadequate, mm-hmm. and the fear of being judged. And these are the two big elements that I find. And not only women, everybody, when you, you get in front of people, you're yeah. thinking like people are going to judge me, what they're going to think. We, we all want to belong and to be accepted. But once you go through the process, you understand that no matter what, you have this message and that is the message that matters. And I've learned so very much in say thank you. I have no problem to say thank you anymore. What about you? I love it. I, I'm going to quote you on your mess is your message, by the way. I freaking love it. Yeah. Um, well, what I was hearing in, in your in your story, right, is very much something that I say, which I have got from my old coach, which is bring the data, not the drama, right? So when when women talk about their results, it feels like they're, you know, like they're bigging up certain accomplishments or that they, you know, it's, oh, oh my goodness, right? And they, they turn it into this really big thing, this drama in, in their head, right? 
when I talk about bring the data and not the drama, I'm not just playing into this misconception, right? That men have a lot of men, I'm generalizing here, but that men tend to have women, that women are so dramatic and like OMG, right? Emotional, all of that. When my, my experience is the total opposite, by the way, but is that, um, bringing data rather than drama, right? The data being facts, figures. And so what I was hearing in your story is like, looking at what is it that I want to um, that relay, right? What's the story that I want to tell or what's the message that I've got that you had to dig into the data? What artifacts, what am I basing everything on? What have I achieved so far, right? And so I'm loving that. There is a, there's a lot of wisdom there. Thank you for sharing. Um, what about me? Uh, uh, what's your question? <laughs> no, no. What about you? What about, what brought you to, into this? Um, in what you do right now. I, oh. I, I read one post of yours I share here because I loved it. You were telling this story and I think the title was something like that. Stop living in the coupons. Oh, yeah. yeah. On that story. You share that yeah. story because I found that so, so true. Yeah. It comes about our education and limiting ourselves in yeah. this desire that I can I deserve to have the top quality, not trying to get this, the coupons yeah. to, to get by. Well, it's, this is about, uh, again, this is bringing data not drama, right? This isn't just me and my experience, although my, I think the story I shared there was about my, my own upbringing, where my mom was always really focused on, uh, on getting discounts, like little discounts here and there, like literally coupon cutting, right? And then going, cycling to the supermarket all the way out, um, you know, to get really small discounts, really, really marginal stuff, right? But that her entire upbringing as a girl had been, and we do this for a lot of women, right? Also generations now, it's really about saving money. You know, all the jokes about millennials aside, right? Well, they're having avocado toast every weekend and that's, you know, costing a lot of money. And if you just cut out the avocado toast or the Starbucks, right, orders, then suddenly we can all afford houses. That really, like that entire focus on cutting out or, or getting small discount or getting discounts, right? And, and doing these small things that we sort of reserve for women, right? Who do the grocery shopping and all of that. Whereas for boys, they, we raised a much more thinking about how can you increase your wealth, right? How can, and that includes getting a higher salary, but you can, you can only cut so many coupons, you know, or you have to cut out a, a lot of coupons to weigh up against the salary increase, right? A, a couple of hundred bucks a month over a lifetime adds up to hundreds of thousands, you know, in your career, right? So I would love for women to change their, their that that kind of focus that they have on how can I save money? How can I deny myself things that give me joy, right? The Starbucks or the avocado toast or the new jeans or whatever it is that makes their heart happy, right? And instead get really excited about gaining more wealth through investments, through, you know, salary increases, right? That's, that's the, the more income is, is one of the good ways so through there's, there's a ton of ways in which you can increase your wealth. And I'd love, yeah, for us collectively to focus more on the income part, right? Than the outgoing part and to think big rather than 
20 cents here, 50 cents there, or a couple of euros or francs or whichever country you're in, right? Um, yeah, to, to, to think big and to change that there. Um, I, see, be... I see one other thing there, when, because when you say uh, to stop thinking on saving, um, yes, on that sense, yes, but we all have to save something. But mm -hmm. what I see in that example uh, of your story there in your post, what I saw was the, the not allowing yourself to, to want something that had in a, a high price tag for yeah. example, because one thing is saving, we, we can save, uh, we should all save, mm -hmm. but allowing that I deserve to have this premium investment on myself. And I mm -hmm. find this uh, in the, um, uh, when women have to decide to do something for themselves or even for their education or, or going for a coaching or private coaching or something like that, that they still like when they find the person and they that could help them, but they're still thinking, oh, this is too much money. Should I? And this is a thing that they, and then if they have the family, they always say, oh, I have to talk to my husband. I have mm -hmm. to see. I understand that too. Mm -hmm. There are certain things, certain investments you discuss, but mm -hmm. you have to be careful if you are discussing or if you're asking for permission. Yes. Because yeah. I find that a lot of time in the back of the mind is trying to get a permission, a validation that it's okay that you invest that money on yourself. And even yeah. when sometimes the money comes from you. Yeah. And it, this comes from uh, uh, all the levels. And this is why we have to start developing this self-awareness of where we are standing and what are the stories we are telling to ourselves yeah and i for me you use a different tool i my tool is the communication and i find that once you you have to start telling stories because mm -hmm. every time you ask me tell me your story i have to think i have to stop and think what exactly is the story i'm going to talk about mm -hmm. and even if i share something here with you spontaneously it's mm -hmm. in the back of my mind and then i might have to revisit certain things that I said <laughs> mm. and I believe this is a, an important process that we all women have to embrace and you say speak up and I say speak up too because we need all those voices out there mm. couldn't agree more couldn't agree more yeah and tell me more like about um, I asked you when you did you get into the women in negotiation Oh, that is such a logical story now, looking back. It really wasn't at the time. But I have a background. I trained originally as a lawyer. So I worked in, in a law firm for uh, for about five years uh, before my family and I decided to relocate to um, Asia. Um, and uh, there I couldn't practice as a lawyer. I also didn't want to. I mean, I left with a massive burnout. Um, it wasn't my environment. It wasn't my place um the, the the firm at least where I worked right so I really enjoyed my work but it was um it was a tough environment and it wasn't for me so when we moved to Asia I was kind of considering what to do and I I wouldn't say I retrained but I took a job as a HR director so I set up HR for a very large organization in Asia which was a ton of fun because I'm a builder I like making things and like getting things sort of going basically so I had a ton of ideas that I could all implement. It was fantastic. Um, 
had a lot of fun there. And I sat on the other side of the table, as I always say, right? Really sort of seeing in these conversations what works, what doesn't work for women, um, well, for women and for men, right? But but kind of like what employers are looking for. And I did another thing there. So I had both the recruitment process and I also was in, uh, in charge of training. And so across the world, I would run these trainings myself on the one topic I knew more about than most other people, uh, which was negotiation, because that had been always been my obsession. That had been the reason why I went to law school and then worked in this law firm. Right. I was very good at negotiation and I uh, I could talk about it all day, every day. Like it still is like my big passion in life. Right. And so what I noticed in these trainings across the world was that wherever I was, whether it was in Asia or in Europe, you know, in North America, everywhere, women would always gather afterwards around me and they would tell me the same thing, which is this is such an important topic and I suck at it. I'm really bad at negotiation. Right. Especially for myself. So it took me a while, but then I realized <laughs> we have a problem, people. And so I started digging into the research and I realized this isn't wasn't just my experience. Right. Which by that at that point wasn't anecdotal anymore. Right? Hundreds of women right across the world, across generations, etc. But I still thought, is it just me? Is it just people? You know, but no, the research is very clear. This is a global phenomenon. It is a problem across generations. And so I realized that women need to learn to negotiate for themselves. They're great negotiators, but when it comes to themselves, they they run into this gender stereotype that they can't ask for themselves. They can't say, I am great, and they can't say, I want, right? We're not supposed to do that. So I realized there's a great big freaking need for that. And that's when I decided to help my friends and and um co-workers in more of an organized fashion so I started running these online trainings for them to see if the way that I had managed my career and the way that um, I negotiated right I told negotiation that would work and it did Um, so from that I learned something uh, or I learned a lot right that uh, that there is this need this combination of my passion for negotiation and my passion for women empowerment, right? I've been a feminist. uh, I was born a feminist basically. Um, And so I brought those two together into what is now win. And I guess if you're talking about brave stories, uh, I think the bravest I have ever been uh, when it comes to my career um, is for sure when I decided to, throw in my very lucrative uh, career as a, you know, as an in-house lawyer, because I went back to in-house law uh, basically after that HR stint uh, when I moved back to Europe. Um, and But to, to, to stop that and to start my own business doing this thing, right, there was no guarantee for success. As I always say, I still um, am a little bit surprised that I'm ultimately a lawyer. What the hell do I know about marketing or sales, right? Um, but that it it's worked and it's worked incredibly well, uh, which is a testament to that need that there is in the world for the work that I do and also to the results that my clients are getting. Right. It's it's obviously a word of mouth situation where because their results are so amazing, that brings in a lot of other people who are like, hey, can I have some of that? Right. So it's it's a yeah, that was a that was a moment of bravery because I knew it would work I had a weird confidence I I still I still wonder how come I was I knew it was going to work 
right? I'd, I'd obviously tested it to some extent by by running these trainings with my family and friends. But there was this really deep inside understanding or knowledge. I knew for sure. I had the certainty this will work, um, which I couldn't quite explain. Um, but that I, I took that step. <laughs> Right to ditch the career that I'd worked very hard at, and 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 I was also good at. I'd like to think, um, and to start something that I knew very little about. Right, the, the, the entrepreneurial or commercial aspect of that, to do that, and then to succeed in that. That's still uh, a bit of a mystery and a joy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think it's a mystery. You said you said it all. Every time you you spoke, you had a woman coming to you mm. asking for help. You just needed yeah. to, be, I, from what I hear from you, it, you just needed the time to believe that you could do it in the sense like, oh my God, I'm leaving something that I have here secure, yeah. to do something uh, that's new, but it was there. Well, the, the, the content of the work that I do, right? I knew that there was a need for that. It's just the, the, the way in which to do that, mm. which is in my own business, right? That was something I'd never done before. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Um And it, yet it was very successful from from day one, uh, also from an entrepreneurial perspective. And that's that's the bit where I still kind of scratch my head and go, wow, <laughs> that was <laughs> courageous because there really was no no certainty on that part of the. Of and the I think that is also of being brilliant. Hmm. <laughs> What do you think? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm incredibly proud of that result. Um, I remember the people who, who helped me, right, in marketing and sales told me that uh, it's 1% of coaches worldwide that make more than $250,000 um, a year. So I was like, okay, I need to belong to that 1%, clearly to explain to my husband why I gave up the career that I had, right? So, okay, 1%, that's what I need to go for. And I managed to do that in just over one year. Right. And uh, and uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> and um, uh, since then, I've doubled and, you know, like increased year on year massively, uh, which is which is wonderful. Um, that certainty wasn't there. Uh, so that was kind of a leap into the unknown. Um, and I'm 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 proud of those results and I'm happy with those results because for my personal success or in that entrepreneurial journey, right, that success that stands, of course, or that's built on the success of my clients, right? Their success has led me to this place, uh, which is a ton of fun to think about, right? The collective um, sort of joy that has um, sort of the world has increased by, you know, how much joy and how much money as well for, you know, that my clients are getting, right? That's, sort of uh, collective uh, increase is uh, is a lot of fun to think about. It's not about me, right? It's about my clients. It's about their results. And that I get very excited about. Yeah. That's so awesome to hear. Mm. I th we are going to have to wrap up right, uh, right now. But right. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your energy. And let's keep working and motivating more women to stand up and speak up because we do need to see them there. Numbers, yes. we definitely need to see them there. A last word do you want to say? I just want to thank you, Tulia, for both this platform, right, and for this wonderful podcast that you're putting together, but also for the work that you're doing, right? As we've said a couple of times during this conversation, we are both, both working in the same direction, right? Or we're going in the same direction. We're doing the same kind of work, just from slightly different angles, 
right? And I'm just really happy that you're in this world and that you're doing the work that you're doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give All a right. Bye, Julia. Bye-bye. That's all for today. I hope you got inspired to raise your game and be brave, bold, and brilliant. Make sure you listen to my other podcasts. Stories are great sources of inspiration and transformation. Subscribe. Remember, there is someone somewhere who needs to hear exactly what I shared with you here today. Be generous and spread the word. Give your feedback and help grow this awesome community. Until then, be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically.